Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills? ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation based around action learning starting late April. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 918206 today or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme, we'll be talking traineeships with Donegal ETB's Further Education and Training Services Course Recruitment Officer, Tara Maguire. But first, on Christmas Eve back in 2010, O'Donnell's Bakery, which was established in 1969, closed down. Within a month, Andrew McElhoney, who had been a bread agent for the previous five years, bought the Lahey-based business along with his wife, Kathleen. Twelve years on, it's very much a family affair, with his daughters, Sarah Ann and Lynn, also working full-time in the business. Andrew, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you. Andrew, O'Donnell's Bakery was established in Ballet Shannon back in 1969 and relocated to here to Lahai in 2005. Six years later, yourself and Kathleen bought the business. How did all that come about? Um, it came about, I suppose... Um O'Donnell's had closed down or went out of business on Christmas Eve in 2010. Um, I was a bread man for them, and or a bread agent, and um, I suppose we were pondering over Christmas then, you know, what are we going to do, because I had no bread to put in my van come um, Boxing Day, I suppose, again. Like, Was that a surprise that it had taken the decision to close down, Andrew? It probably wasn't a big surprise, but it... Uh, it was a surprise at the same time, you know, like because as I say, there was kind of guarantees given that it wasn't going to happen. But um, anyway, it happened. And in January, we put a bid into the liquidator, and the rest is history, as the man says. So, what did you take on uh, when you bought this business? When we took on the business, um, <coughs> we took on the the staff that previously had worked for the the O'Donnells and the bread agents and stuff they got there and <clears throat> I knew nothing about bacon I knew nothing about really running the business other than running myself you know for the previous five years and um, so it was a shock to the system to kind of go from what I was doing to what I had got myself into and just in relation to that decision and the, the time it took uh, for the bid to go on, Andrew, for you to take ownership and take the keys of the place? There was a couple of people interested in the business, so there was probably a bit of to and fro on who was, who was actually given the most money, I suppose, in a sense. Um, but there was a three-week three week period, so there was a three-week period that there was no O'Donnell's products on the shelves. Um, but my main aim at the time was to try to get this... Um, process kind of up and running as quick as possible because like there's always somebody around the corner that's willing to take your space in a sense so um, the 25th of January 2011 that's when the dotted line was signed and 12 years on I'm sure you're a wiser individual going back to the start had you a plan initially uh, or what was your thoughts and aspirations when you actually took the place over the, the initial plan I was so I was going to take over the world. There, you know, there was no there was no other way about it. But a couple of weeks in, I knew, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. Um, no, initially it was just to get product back on the shelf to start off slow, and we soon realised, like you know, I bought the I bought the company. 
we needed to buy ingredients, we needed to pay the staff, we needed insurance, we needed so on and so forth. So that, like, there's a lot of things that I was kind of blindsided about when we when we went into this. But listen, we got through it and got it, got it done. Were you a fast learner, Andrew? I definitely was a fast learner and I got a few clips around the shoulder too, or in the years. Just in terms right. of staffing levels, Andrew, how many were employed uh, back then? There was 30 people employed um, by the O'Donnells when when they were here. That was now in, in the bakery and save boys out in vans. Um, we have 22 here at the minute. And um, I know it's less than what was here before, but I have most of the most of the bread, bread vans that was employed by here and our bread agents. And we just look after our in-house stuff. Was it consolidation the, the, the aim of the game uh, initially? Consolidation was the aim of the game, and to, to try to figure out, right, well, you know, a business that was going, and a strong Donegal business that was going from 1969, what had went wrong for them, and, you know, um, where things was going to go wrong for me, or where things was going to go right, just to put a plan of action in place to, to not repeat. And there was there was doubters at the time. You know, like Did you doubt yourself? No, I didn't doubt myself, no. Um, there was doubters at the time when we took, o- took over the business because, like, what were we going to do different that the people that was here before didn't do or didn't because they, they were knowledgeable into what was um, how to run the business. They were knowledgeable into baking and stuff to get there, whereas I wasn't. What did you bring to the business, Andrew, that, you th- that, that made it different and ultimately made it so successful? I think, well, listen, I worked for Donegal Grimmies for, I was probably 15 years at Donegal Grimmies in total, um, and I was out in van sales and all the rest of it. I always wanted to do something for myself. Um, I mean, when I was, my father was a farmer, I remember way back, if there was a wee bit of hay, when we'd be doing the hay, that he was, that was lying out running around the sides of the fields and stuff to get there, I'd be scraping it up and I'd be save, save, or selling it to my neighbour. You know, there was always a want on me to do something to make that wee bit of money. And as I said back at the beginning, take over the world, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, but I think what we, it was a fresh mind, or fr- fresh ideas. Products, the products spoke for themselves anyway. And um, I think that... Uh, when you when you keep your f- the foundation right, everything will grow eventually. Like if you keep at it, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, uh, fresh ideas, Andrew. Obviously, being out on the road for that length of time, you mentioned fifteen years with Donegal Creameries. I'm sure that's a very great learning experience and a great uh, area and sector to learn. It, it, it is indeed. I like, but where I think what, what helped me when I took took on the bakery, I I had a customer base. I was well known and. and well, South Donegal and anyway, like, but I was well known, and it, it wasn't like I was going out that some guy just took over a business here and he's going out looking to expand. I had, I had that knowledge and that foundation of what I learned from my time with Donegal Creamies, my time where I was out in the van myself, being a bread man, and knew what worked and knew what didn't work regarding what pro- products people was buying and looking for, and. Uh, over that 11 year period now uh, that you have taken charge here can you identify one point that you realised I've made the right decision this is for me um, there's probably too many of them to, too many of them times to pick the day our product, first product went into America that was pretty 
pretty. Tell me about that. And how did all that come about, Andrew? Um, it came about from, from probably from, from a friend of mine that was was in a different business, but um, a conversation was had with um, an agent over in um, New York. He's from he's from Mullingar. He's based in Philadelphia, um, and he's. He lives in Philadelphia and he's based out of New York. Food Ireland's the name of the company. Um, <clears throat> but they're looking for uh, traditional Irish fruit tea scone. And um, needless to say, I wasn't going to say no to sending tea scones to America. So he ordered, his first order, he ordered 1,200 packets of tea scones, which was fairly good for us at the time. Like, And h- h- what sort of time scale uh, was that over? From the initial conversation to it was a two week period. Now, as I say, you you could you could go looking for business in America for six years and get nothing, and then out of the blue, you might be able to hit the right and tick the right box, and you might get it. But now it worked out fairly well for us. Um, so for a twelve month period, um, that was back in twenty fifteen. For a twelve month period, all he was taking was tea scones. <coughs> now I was going out to. Um, to Boston with the local enterprise office on a business trip and um, <clears throat> we were just based in Boston and kind of in and around that area and stuff they got there but I had asked if I would be allowed to go down to New York for a day to meet because I'd never met the guy from Food Ireland um, <clears throat> so I was given permission anyway on, a, on the Wednesday morning up there to go down to New York and um, off I headed anyway in the train and um Met, met him. I got off the train at Penn Station, and we went across to the Pennsylvania Hotel. That's where we were meeting this guy, and I left. It's a funny story. Then, like, I suppose if we reverse back a bit, I'd taken samples with me, and we were going through immigration in Dublin, and um, I was going through immigration in Dublin airport, and your man asked me what I was in the bag, and I said, "Well, a couple of samples. I'm going over to." get a prospective buyer over in America so he asked me what, what, what I had in the bag so I start, I opened up the bag and started taking the stuff out so after the sixth product he says there's much more in there he says either it's about the same again he says just put it into the bag and go on he says but he was telling me then about um, a bakery down from him where he lives in New York they do a product called spud, spud Nuts so they make donuts out of spuds he says you should try that when you go back home I never did but anyway when I was taking the samples out anyway when I, when I met um, Paul down in uh, New York from Food Ireland um, I left that day where they were taking eight eight lines of us instead of the one line so it was a great it was a great trip like and that that has continued from from then to now like so every three weeks we send send stuff out to America like so it shows you the power of the human connection Human connection is the only way to do business, um, and I know there because of COVID this last few years, like people maybe have lost that touch, and it's Zoom meeting for this and a team meeting for that and all the rest of it. But the, any business I ever have ever done has been done face to face, and um, I think you get to know the buyer, or you get to know the person that you're dealing with, and they get to know you, and it's business is done maybe within five minutes or business is done after five hours of chatting but it's always either at the beginning of a conversation or at the end of a conversation that you know whether you're going to do this business it's never the in between Just in relation to the products you do export Andrew I assume it's a 
uh, process of freezing once they're baked? Yes, they're blast frozen once they're baked. Um, and there's actually a two and a half week period from from we make them. When we make them, they're blast frozen and they're put into a, a, fr- a freezer container. They're taken to Southampton and UK and then shipped across to New York. So it's a two and a half week from when we get them to, but the stuff as I say it's just basically because it's glass frozen it's as fresh as you would get it in the local shop tomorrow morning like. Another significant development for your business Andrew was when Atlantic Wheaton was launched in Aldi stores back in September 2019 Yes um, If I go back to that there again you know one of your dreams would always be to be dealing with the, the big boys we hope we, like Super Value have been good to us from the offset because of um, say local local stores, but we we branched out with the food academy and super value to um, Cavan, Monaghan, Galway, Mayo, Sligo down that direction, kind of before. But as we always wanted to deal with the bigger guys, so um, Aldi. I probably had approached Aldi a good few times, and maybe it wasn't a suitable time, and you were kind of told to call back again and again I give up an idea to one day I was getting a phone I got a phone call to see if we would supply them and needless to say I said yes like so um, it's a big part of the business like you mentioned Food Academy can you explain to our listeners what that's about Andrew the, um, the, the Food Academy was set up by by Musgraves or Supervalue um, and through the local enterprise offices and I think at the time there were four or five companies from Donegal that m- maybe may have been in two or three super values locally but it can opened up to a whole region and if you pass that region you're able to, if you wanted to move on to another region and you could actually supply every super value in the in the country but um, the downside to that there being like, listen people think Donegal's far away it's not actually that far away from anywhere like you can get anywhere around Ireland pretty quick now but if you're delivering to 200 super value stores there's no way that you can do it from from Donegal you know you can deliver to a base in Dublin or you can deliver to a base in Galway so that's why we picked a reg- region or two regions which was down the west of Ireland as far as Galway and then down to Scaven Monaghan and we didn't we could have went further but we didn't Andrew as a family run business it was family run by the O'Donnells it's been run now by yourselves um, your two daughters are involved as well so yes. was that by accident or design uh, it probably was by accident in a sense. Um, now, Kathleen, my wife, she would be she would be here not as much as me. Um, but um, I suppose there's not much point in working together and living together and arguing at home and here. But anyway, um, my eldest daughter Sarah Ann, she would um, she had went to Derry and Northwest Regional College in Derry and done business and. Um, she can back here to do work experience. Now, I prefer if she had went somewhere else, but her work experience that she done here, she never went anywhere else to do work experience after it. Because I had her glued in because she, she kind of she had the same mentality as me and the way I wanted the business to run. And it was great that it was a family. I had a family member that was fit to do it because. Um, she can read me and I can read her, you know, like, in a way. Does it give you more confidence uh, in terms of your approach and what you're planning to do? It does, it does, I, because, like, I know, I know no matter what I do, there's there's people here behind me now that want to carry on what, what, what I have done over the last lucky years, and I can understand I'm, I'm going to retire anytime soon, but 
I know that when I do, that there's a there's a business here for them to carry on. Lynn, my youngest daughter, as I say, then she she does the um, confectionery, queens decorating and stuff to get there. Now she not she's not interested in the office, but she's very interested in the baking side of things. So as I say, she's well. Um, she knows a lot of stuff and has learned a lot of stuff too from the bakers that we have here. Like so, that leads in very well to my next question: Who does what here, and how do things operate here? Well, I suppose if, if, if the first thing that we've done, I suppose, is, is basically Sarah Ann orders will come in and she compiles the orders and um, puts them on a production sheet. The production sheet then is sent down to the boys downstairs. We have two bakers that come in at 12 o'clock in the morning. They do wheat and breads and stuff first and get it out for the, the larger retailers. Um, and then other guys then come in at different stages of the day. The decorating is the kind of done last thing. So there's a whole different stage of day. The day that listen, it works like clockwork. Now there is days that it doesn't work like clockwork. Um, something may go wrong. A power may go off, or you might have no water, or something out there. Um, in the office we might have no internet. What, what's the biggest crisis you had to deal with so far? Um, the biggest crisis we had here one day was we had a flood. Um, off the top of my head it might have been back around 2015 or something like that there um, it wasn't it, it didn't do any major harm but it was close to doing harm it definitely it, uh, it woke us up anyway we were talking earlier Andrew before we get began recording and uh, I think it's 20 out of every 24 hours uh, production is taking place here and that's 24-7 yes Um we could and probably will at some stage be filling that other four hours, but the other four hours is to just let things cool down, let things rest a wee bit. Um, we are, as I said earlier on, like we're, we're thinking about expansion, um, but I just don't know if I'm brave enough to do that at this stage yet. How long have you been thinking uh, about that? Well, I've probably been thinking about it two years. We probably needed to do that, do it this last twelve months, you know, kind of thing. And have you a deadline in your head where you're going to say yes, I am, or no, I'm not? I probably will um, do something or make some some decision in the next twelve months. But I just wanted to get over this turbulent period that we have too. So I suppose maybe to give myself a wee bit of um, it's a difficult time at the present time trying to keep because of energy costs and all the rest of it like, and we have tried to keep the, the cost of the product down to the co- end consumer um, Quite challenging, Andrew It's very challenging um, like Our electricity bill has doubled Our ingredients on par we would have been worried last year about flour but the flour it, it went up in price but it didn't go that mad but it's the other commodities that you use and stuff to get there that just went went totally crazy like you know rapeseed oil even rapeseed oil has doubled in price um, buttermilk has got four increase, price increases this year and if I go back to the like of wheat and bread you know 58% of wheat and bread is buttermilk so we use a lot of it every week you know just on the, on the subject of challenges, Andrew, how did the whole COVID situation impact on things here? I think, like like, like everybody, um, nobody knew, nobody knew what COVID was going to was going to take or what was what was going to happen. Um, listen, it, it, it was a bolt out of the blue. This when it, when people were talking about it out in China, first of all, like you know, you, you never thought that this country was going to come to or the rest of the world was going to come to the way that it came to. 
um, the first week of lockdown, panic buying started, and it was mental. So them four hours that them four hours of the day that spare at the minute was definitely filled up that at that stage. Um, that lasted for about eleven days, and it um, kind of started to pan out to be bit again. Then and it, it didn't. It happened the second. The second lockdown as well, but it didn't happen as much. But COVID, um, COVID definitely helped us. Um, we kept going through the whole of it, and through the whole COVID period, we had two two staff members that um, had got COVID, but they actually were on holidays and off at the time, so we never actually had it in the bakery, which was a great achievement as well. Like Andrew, earlier this month, it was announced that O'Donnell's Bakery was one of 19 food facilities across Ireland that was awarded the prestigious Food Safety Assurance Accreditation. It's a scheme that's run by Food Safety Professionals Association. I'm sure there's a, a lot of uh, work had gone into being assessed and, and getting that seal of approval. Yes, there definitely is. Um, if I revert back to, say, 2015, when we started dealing with America, um, and it, I'm just going to build up the story to this, um, we started dealing with the FDA and stuff like that there, but there were questions sent coming in where we, where we had the accreditation, BRC, and so on and so forth. Um, at the time, I'd said, well, we're registered with the HSE, which, which we were, and the, that's, that's, the, that's the way things are done. But we wanted to get the bakery to a different, a different level. But I, I wanted to use an Irish company more so than using um, a foreign foreign country or company. Um so, done a wee bit of research into who done what, and got in contact with the FSBA, and um, yes, they they done accreditations and all the rest of it. So we got our first initial gap analysis in a sense done as to where <coughs> what the end goal the end goal being BRC. Um, so we got an initial consultation done and all the rest of it, and we built on it from that there. The first year that we done it then was 2016. We got a merit, and we've got a distinction every year since. And we've got five awards out of the out of the last five years. Like so, it's it, it gives the team that we have in here a wee pat on the back as well. You know, for the work that they do, and it gives the consumer know that well. Listen. We're buying. We're buying from a reputable company in a sense. So that that has left it, as I say, back to Aldi's, the American stuff, done stores, um, super value. Everybody knows, and everybody that we're dealing with knows that we have a standard that we have met, and um, we get awards for it. So that's it speaks for itself, like. And Andrew, how important was the help from the likes of the local enterprise office uh, in your journey to be producing uh, products of such high quality? Well, anybody that knows me or anybody that I ever talked to, um, or that I am talking to people at different stages, I would I would be asked by the enterprise office at times to do do talks to different businesses. Um, without the enterprise office, I wouldn't be here. That the help that they gave me back in um, twenty eleven, um, I have no I have no qualms in saying I would not be here without their help. Like, and. Um, <coughs> I say down, down through the years, like the, some of the mentoring that they give me, um, people that put me in contact with, um, if I can name names, Michael Tunney and Ursula Donnelly, like they were, they were unbelievable support. 
and now as I say got give me a clip around the ear whenever I needed to do but now definitely if any any business out there that wants information or wants a wee bit of support definitely contact the local legal like Andrew you mentioned uh, mentoring how important is it for uh, a business owner to have a mentor I, I, I think it's I think it's very very important now I've been given mentors and I fell out with them um, because maybe a clash of a clash of personalities or somebody come in here and tell me how to run there has to be a connection yeah for it to work there has to be a connection um, somebody come in here and tell you that you're doing this wrong you're doing that wrong like and you think that you're doing everything right now um, I'm not going to name names but a mentor was sent to me one time and I basically threw him out the door um, I'm still friends with him 12 years later because as I say the advice that he did give me that day it took me six months to realise that it made sense did you go back and tell him? I went back and told him yeah and as I say we're still, we're still we're good friends to this day and just on that bit of advice how important was it that you took that advice on board at that time? It was um, no. Listen, it was very important because, like as I say, at the time, I had it in my head and my vision that I was taking over the world. But that vision, you need to start. You need to start and build your foundations and work at doing different things and have an end goal of even for argument's sake, so if it's picking a core line of products that you're going to concentrate on. Like we back, if I think we back when we started first, we done eighty seven. 87 different products so like the productivity in that as in doing 200 of this and 200 of that and 100 of this and 50 of this year it didn't make sense where we needed to get the business that we were doing thousands of this and thousands of that you know like and just cut cutting down the production or the product range that's what we've done so just in relation to your product range can you share some of your products with our listeners we I can safely say that we probably specialise in wheat and bread, and we'll be we'll be known kind of well. Listen, we're known nationwide now for our wheat and bread. Um, our rustic wheat and bread has won three great taste awards. Now we probably could won more, but I only got it done three times, and we won the three times. We got a gold star every time we got it done. We took out um, probably twenty fourteen a wheat and called the Wild Atlantic Wheaton. And um, it's probably a jump in the bandwagon wheaton, but it, it worked well, and it's one of our best-selling wheatons now as well. And then you have the traditional buttermilk wheatons, and um, which we all are good sellers. And we went down the right line of <coughs> during COVID. I think it brought a lot of people back to the, what Mummy and Granny would have made at home, you know. And we tried treacle bread and um, fruit sodas and um, plain sodas. And they took off very well for us, but um, then your your average stuff then like your you, you, back to London. What I was talking about in her confectionery, like she, and queen cakes and Madeira cakes and chocolate cakes. She does a whole range of kind of confectionery on that side. We do finger rolls and baps, but we we mainly stick to the traditional stuff, and we don't go out doing out silly kind of th- stuff that you might sell one or two off, you know. So, have you plans to maybe produce new products, or do you, do you take time to sort of monitor what the market needs are and what you can deliver? To be honest, no, because the the traditional route that we take, 
there's a good enough market for that without going looking for anything else. Um, and it works. And th- there may be there may be something that you come up with of an, of an, an idea, but when you do your sums and all the rest of it, like, the end user probably might, might not pay for it. Um, because maybe where, where we're based in one sense, it's not in a city with a couple of million people. You know, and it's very hard in different different regions to step out of that traditional style, if that makes sense. Andrew, what do you feel is the key to the success of O'Donnell's Bakery here? Hard work. Um, not being afraid to work 18 or 20 hours a day. Uh, there is there is times I give out about the place when I'm here, but if I'm sitting sitting at home and I've nothing to do at home I miss the place and I only live five minutes away from here and I'm back back in doing something even though I might have been given out two hours before beforehand that I'm here all, all day um, but no definitely hard hard work having a good team around you and listening to what people tell you now and again because you're not always right yourself and sometimes it takes an out, outside perspective to tell you that What's the best lesson you've learned since taking charge here? Watch your money um, would be the the hardest lesson I learned, and I learned that fairly early on in the business. Back to back back in twenty twelve, I was uh, we were stung as a business pretty heavily with ones going out of shops, going out of business, and stuff they got there in different parts of the country. And uh, I'm not going to figures, but if that didn't close me, nothing ever will. Did you take a lot of learnings from that experience? Definitely did because, um, as I say, that that if there's rights and wrongs to do in a business, is always watch what you're spending, always watch what you get get your get your money in. It takes it takes that to run the business. It takes that to pay your staff. It takes that to pay your ingredients. It takes that to be in existence. Like, um, but that was that was definitely a hard lesson. Andrew, tell me what advice would you give your twenty one year old self? The twenty-one-year-old self um, don't don't buy a bakery, but now I'm only I'm only joking. Um, my twenty-one-year-old self, if I if I went back to it now and to give myself advice, I would have told told myself to maybe do it sooner than when I did do it because I would have been in a different position again now. Maybe you know because I would have been I would have been younger in a sense, like but. I would have been younger, maybe more naive than I was when I had it, and maybe I wouldn't have had the experience that I had, even though the experience that I had was nothing to do with baking or anything I got there. The only thing I can't bake now is apple tarts, um, and I can do everything else in the bakery, which is uh, it's pretty impressive for, for myself, because I'm kind of, the guys that were here before kind of um, taught me how to do stuff, and because I was interested, if I went back to been 21 maybe I would have went on to LYAT or something got there to be taught into baking you know and if we come back a, a wee bit further if you had followed your childhood dream job Andrew what would you be doing today my childhood dream job probably I say my, my father was a farmer and I was I was genuinely interested in the farming at the time I have three three brothers and a sister I'm the fourth one <laughs> And um, we would have been interested in the farm, but the farm wouldn't have been wouldn't have been enough to keep everybody going, you know, in a sense. And but there was then, as I say, there was always this want on me to do more and work for myself and um, p- 
probably this is a far cry from farming anyway put it like that and finally Andrew what does the future hold for yourself and your business well the future holds we are growing um, people like our product I, every so often I always do this recalculation of many people's eating our product every every day every week and all the rest of it like, and I kind of judge that under like every product we do kind of um, is a pack size for four people you know in a sense so we're feeding about 200,000 people every week um, just here in Ireland that's not including the, the US stuff but like that's two, that's 200,000 people that keep coming back every week and it kind of gives you you know kind of makes the hair in your the back of your neck stand at times um, when you think of them figures and back to um, say where we're going to grow where we're we started uh, dealing with Dunstores nationwide there two months ago. Um, that's growing week on week. They're looking for more product. Um, so as I say, it, it brings O'Donnell's Bakery to a national level, along with um, along with Aldi. So I'd like to grow more in that that particular area, and maybe get sixteen lanes into America at some stage. You know, Andrew Michael Honey, owner of O'Donnell's Bakery in Lahey. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you. Join us after the break when we'll be talking to Recruitment Officer with Donegal ETB's Further Education and Training Services, Tara McGuire. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills? ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation based around action learning starting late April. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 918206 today or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Donegal ETB is the largest education and training provider in the county and its further education and training service provides education and training for around 12,000 students each year. I spoke to Donegal ETB's Further Education and Training Services Recruitment Officer, Tara Maguire, about how the statutory body is supporting a wide range of industries and businesses around Donegal. Tara, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks a million, Karen. I'm delighted to be here. Tara, Donegal ETB's Further Education and Training Service consists of 19 dedicated training centres across Donegal, and it also has the ability to deliver education and training in outreach locations through its community education and contracted training divisions. That's right, Karen. And we also have an employment engagement and a program development division as well. Um, and it's really through these divisions that we work very closely with the industry to ensure that we're responding, I suppose, to the needs of the county. And um, we've developed a lot of new traineeships in recent months, um, which is fantastic to see, Kieran. For example, Kieran, we've just developed uh, very recently a new business administration traineeship. And um, that particular program has been developed with Optum here in Letterkenny. And it's due now to start in April. Um, so we're accepting applications for that at the moment. It's a fantastic opportunity for anybody, um, you know, I suppose, who's looking to secure work in that area. Um, and it's a very short course, you know, it's only 22 weeks in duration. Um, the work placement is six weeks with Optum. And, um, you know, 
I suppose business administration skills, regardless of what company you're going to work for, is crucial, Kieran. And, um, you know, it covers all of those main aspects. And what a fantastic opportunity to be able to go in and do your workplace and with a company like Optum. So we're very excited about that particular course and, you know, the potential that that has to grow as well in the future. Uh, the Marine Engineering Traineeship was developed in partnership with the Marine Engineering Cluster in Kelly Beggs. Tara, who's involved in this initiative at local level? Yeah, so again, another brand new, first ever programme of its kind, Kieran. so another one we're quite excited about. Um, we've been liaising and collaborating with companies like Mooney Boats, for example, MMG Welding, Sequest, KAR, Swan Neck Gundry, Barry Electronics and KT Nets, just to name a few. You know, and again, a very exciting new traineeship and it combines both off-the-job and on-the-job learning um, with 30 weeks, 32 weeks, I should say, class-based learning and 14 weeks of work placement with one of those host companies. So, you know, fantastic opportunity opportunity again for anybody who's looking uh, to move into you know a career in that particular sector and the course I suppose Kieran includes a number of different qualifications so there's four separate qualifications within that there's a city and guilds diploma in engineering fabrication and welding there's a certificate in leadership and management there's a number of ICDL qualifications and then there's a number of various industry type tickets so things like a safe pass for example the abrasive wheel working in confined spaces working at heights overhead gantry crane for example boom lift cherry picker picker tickets and so on so fantastic opportunities within that course and I suppose Kieran, really exciting job opportunities in the marine and engineering sector here right in our doorsteps in Donegal and in addition to that that is going to be I suppose an industry that continues to expand at rapid pace so for anybody who's really looking to future proof their career well this is a very safe bet. And Tara what's the aim of the communications systems installation traineeship that has been developed with Cersei? So that particular course, I suppose, has been designed with Sarset, Kieran, and um, it's to provide students with, who have an interest, I suppose, in network and infrastructure and cabling and communications, you know, and it provides them with the skills and knowledge to basically work in that industry. So fibre optic cabling in particular. Um, and the course has a guaranteed eight week work placement with Sarset. And what's really exciting, Kieran, is we're currently in our second instance of that programme. The very first course that ran um, finished up in June last year and um, 80% of the students who complete that programme went directly into employment with CERTSET. So that's been a really fantastic outcome for us and we're very excited to see what the second outcome, um, second instance of the course brings. And in addition Kieran, we actually were taking applications for the next, which will be the third instance of that course, which is due now to commence in September 23. So really fantastic opportunities again here locally in Donegal. Tara, I spoke to the Chief Executive of Harris Tweeds, Lorna McCauley, for last week's Business Matters, uh, and I know she was a great help and support to Donegal ETB when it was developing the Donegal Weaving Traineeship. I know that programme uh, was launched last April. How is that programme going for you? Really, really well again, Kieran. I suppose the Donegal Weaving Traineeship was developed, as you know, with a number of um, host companies in South Donegal. And it was really designed, I suppose, to support that industry, um, you know, to retain and, I suppose, build those specialised skills. Um, and the first instance, again, was very extremely successful with 90% of the students on that particular programme securing work directly in the industry, which is fantastic. Again, we're in our second instance of that course. It's currently running over in Kilcar. It's doing really well. We're delighted with it. And again, a very innovative, um, I suppose, programme development from Donegal to be the first of its kind. It's not available in any other part of the country, Kieran. And like we're receiving applications from all over the country, people who are more than willing to relocate here to Donegal to do that course. We've even had, um, I suppose, interest from places like America and beyond. Um, so he, it's 
just gaining huge traction and a fantastic course you know very innovative um, programme Did that surprise you the level of interest from so far away? It, it really did Kieran. I suppose because you know when we were talking about developing this programme it's very niche I suppose in, in some ways and uh, you know from my point of view I suppose recruiting for the courses I was quite concerned my goodness would we get numbers of people interested in it and it's just exploded it's fantastic Tara, I'm sure Donegal ETB is always looking to keep up with the pace of change uh, and at the same time continuing to meet the needs of the various sectors locally. Absolutely, Kieran, and um, I suppose it's a fact that Donegal ETB are very proud of, you know, that we do have the ability to change um, and meet the needs of our local community and the economy here locally as well. You know, we're constantly looking at being innovative and creative, working with the industry and our other partners to develop, I suppose, up-to-date qualifications, making sure that we're delivering everything um, that, you know, employers need and want and what our students, we want to make sure that we're giving them the best possible outcomes that we can. And I suppose just to give you another example, Kieran, like the Public Works Operations Maintenance Traineeship, which was developed with Donegal County Council. Again, it's another first of its kind. You know, there's no other uh, county council working with any other ETB in the country. We are the first. We're leading out in that. And this particular course um, is, you know, it's to provide work-ready operatives and maintenance positions for the construction and local authority sector and students on that course are guaranteed at least eight weeks work placement with Donegal County Council again when you look at the volume of qualifications built into that programme Kieran, it includes a QQI level 4 special purpose award in grand construction skills, it looks at the uh, level 2 certificate in horticulture other ICDL qualifications another leadership and management qualification and again a number of valuable, valuable tickets so things again like your safe pass, health and safety at Roadworks, the location of underground services, you know, the Shea Water Passport, First Aid, all of these really valuable uh, tickets that employers are really looking for. So, you know, a student coming through that programme is really set up for industry. And um, I suppose the one thing to note there as well, Kieran, is that students must be over the age of 18 and uh, must hold a B category driver's licence in order to be able to, I suppose, be eligible for that programme. Um, and the current class will be commencing their work placement now with Donegal County Council um, in the next couple of weeks so we're very excited to see you know what um, the outcomes of that particular program will be and we're recruiting again for the next instance of the course for September again 2023 so lots of exciting innovative things happening in further education Kieran. and um, I suppose I might be biased but I can safely say that Donegal ETB are leading out on many of these fantastic innovative and um, I suppose innovative programs and developments and we're constantly collaborating with our stakeholders and the industry to deliver I suppose for Donegal. And what is your advice, Tara, for someone listening uh, to the programme now and thinking of upskilling or maybe embarking uh, on a new career? Um, I would encourage people, um, Kieran, I suppose, and to your listeners and so on, you know, the good thing about Donegal ETB's Further Education Training Services, there really is something for everyone, whether you're learning, um, you know, from something as basic as digital skills for the first time, if you're an unemployed person, perhaps, you know, return to work after a period of caring for your family, or you're just taking a career change, you know, in a completely new direction. Um, you know, we have something for everybody. So I would encourage people, you know, check out our website, www.donegaletb.ie and follow us on our social media platforms. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn, for example. Um, you know, just to find out, I suppose, more of what we have to offer. Pick up the phone, Kieran, give us a call, drop into one of our training centres. We're here to help. You know, we're always up for the chats and uh, we'll do our best to help people. We're certainly open for business. Tara McGuire, Course Recruitment Officer with Donegal ETB's Further Education Services. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you.
Thanks for having me, Kieran. Well, that's our lot for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Andrew Michael Haney and Tara McGuire. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills? ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation based around action learning starting late April. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 today or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.